Oh, yes, sir. Stay right there. Come on. Stay right there. I'll be right back. Hey, welcome everybody to Talking Donkey International and our new television series, Country Wisdom. Let's set the tone for this new series of ours. It's found in Proverbs 4. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. Join us now for Country Wisdom. Well, lots is going to happen today, so come on, join us. Man, isn't this a gorgeous day for a ride? And Lily keeps trying to smash oh, my sure. leg. Oh, she likes you, you know, she just wants to, she just wants to say hi. I was thinking maybe she didn't like me. Nah, She's like, she, why are you coming along she likes today? You, huh, baby? Yeah. No, but I mean, it's so beautiful out. Oh, you know, I am thrilled to be out here. I love it. You couldn't ask for a better day. Yeah. Hey, you grew up in California, right? I did. So did I. So how old were you when you had your first earthquake? Uh, well, I'm not going to tell you exactly how old, but I was older than 50 because I was in Maryland, actually, when I felt my first one in a big high-rise building. <laughs> you grew up in California and didn't have an earthquake till you went to the East Coast? That's right. That's right. I lived in the far north. No earthquakes, just a big volcano. I think I was in third grade, first one I remember. And I remember it because I was in school and I turned around because I thought the boy in back of me that I wasn't very fond of anyway. I thought he was sticking his ah! <laughs> yellow jacket. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jetta. <laughs> uh, <go. laughs> Janice, look, he won't eat too much. <gasps> Why does he like me? Go over to Jim. <laughs> um, that boy used to bug me the way that yellow jacket was. So when I felt my my desk starting to move. Uh, because I did, I was, you know, studying, and all of a sudden, I realized you had this sensation where I was moving, and thank okay. you. Relax, don't swat him too hard, just move him away a little. Keep talking, it'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I turned around to tell him to quit shoving my desk with his feet, and then I realized, no, all the kids had suddenly looked up because all the desks were moving. And that was the first earthquake I can actually remember in realizing what that was. Really? But, you know, there were many others after that uh, to varying degrees. Um, because I grew up in California, you know, yeah, I assumed yeah. you had the same stories. No, I never had to worry about what kind of foundation my house was on, you know. <laughs> but uh, I think about that, you talk about earthquakes and foundations and Janine and I many years ago, uh, we're in Italy, and uh, we found a really interesting place, Tower of Pisa, right? Leaning Tower of Pisa. Leaning. It wasn't always leaning, you know. They started construction, I think, in oh, 1173. Where, did you see it back before it started to lean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are so dirty. No. <laughs> I don't even know that I want to ride with you anymore. <laughs> no. That five years later, it began, it was leaning 
before they finish construction. Before they finish construction. Oh, so there's some grass. You'll love the grass. Go ahead. Oh, didn't you give Lily enough breakfast this Lily, morning? Lily, there's some grass. Now you don't want to eat grass? You don't want to eat grass now. Okay. <laughs> but so, anyway, here they are. Before it's finished, it's leaning. And since then, I think in 1990, they closed it to tourists. No longer. So that tells you we were there before 1990. There you go. Now you found the spot. As far but, as I know, though, it's still leaning. Oh, yeah, it is. They brought in they brought in a big engineer who actually apparently didn't know his job. They spent a whole bunch of money and I think 30 million dollars US and they kind of corrected it a little bit. But, uh, you know, it just goes to show you, you've got to have a good foundation. You know, my husband, Steve, is really interested in issues of creation science versus evolution. Yeah. You know, he is a scientist. He's a, a surgeon and was a chemistry major. And it fascinates him. And he's got a whole library of, of books on different topics like that. And he is always, in fact, he gave a great sermon on Christians who think they can combine the two, who think they can have it both ways. But he says, if you have based your, your if your foundation is on evolution, whether you're thinking pure Darwinian evolution or whether you're thinking what people call theistic evolution, you know, you want to have God involved, so he started it, but he started it in this method, you know, as evolution as his tool. But Steve said, come on, Jetta. Uh, Steve said, you have to consider with that foundation, then you have a completely random, directionless nature that is guy, you know, supposedly natural selection, but completely random. So it's an accident that we turned into humans and there's no real purpose to our life. It's a freak of nature. It's yeah. completely accidental. Well, you don't get to choose where you're going. And if that is true, what are, where did morals come from? Exactly. There are people today who think that, well, society creates morals. So basically it's whatever society today has decided is right or wrong. And yeah. as you know, that changes. Uh, it doesn't even take a generation to have that change. Things that when I was a young mother that were, this is what good mothers, how a good mother raises their children. And nowadays it's like, oh, you do that and you know, CPS will be on your door. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for, for the creation story, why would anybody not want to kill? If I like what you guys possess, just go in and kill you and take it. Because if it is purely Darwinian evolution, then whatever I can do to further my chances of success yeah. is, is fine. I'm doing what nature designed me to do. And nobody has any argument against that. No. There is no real argument either. It's, you know, it's Any like... more than in nature. You know, we have coyotes around here all the time. And I know I have friends who have chickens and, you know, one day you don't have as many chickens as you had the day before. Yeah. Uh, or sheep. We were just talking with your friend Randy and uh, he started with 30 sheep and is down to four. 
and is yeah, thrilled yeah. that one of those had twins. It's, you know, it's just like right now, we've got, we can either go this way in the road or this way in the road. We've only got two choices. And that's really what it is, you know, for, for everything that's going on. We either believe in creation or we believe, you know, in something else. And my opinion, and I think it's based on, uh, on good evidence as well as faith in God, is that God as a foundation never moves. You yeah. are never going to suddenly find yourself like I did sitting in that desk in third grade where the ground underneath me is literally moving. Yeah, yeah. But if your foundation is based on whatever the society you are living in today says is good or bad, that's going to change tomorrow. Yeah. Your foundation yeah. just moved. Yeah. And and that's not a very secure feeling. Yeah. And you know, as for me and my house, like I said, I'm going to choose the Lord, you know, and I'm going to choose His direction and His foundation. I think Lily's choosing our direction. the Great Controversy. As you read it, you will become like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. You will see what and who is standing behind the curtain, manipulating the events of this world. You will also discover that there is hope and peace during these troubled times. Remember, the book is completely free, so don't wait. The offer is only good while supplies last. To obtain your copy, simply log on to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and order your copy now. You know, while we're on the horses, I got a cool idea to, for a visual of really what it's about for the, the walk in the Christian life. All right. It includes some uh, equipment. Do you mind carrying a bag? Depends on how much it weighs. Well, you know, 40 pounds under. Gotta bring my Bible too. My okay. backpacking days are in the rear view mirror, Jim. <laughs> Just kidding, it isn't, it isn't that heavy. Mine are if you'd like to take one of the heavy ones. Uh, no, <laughs> I am definitely taking the, uh, the low road here. Okay. Yeah, hang on. The backpack isn't cooperating. You got it okay? That's typical. You're there. All right, we're good. All right. Okay, so the first thing, of course, got to get the Bible. Can't do anything without the Bible, right? And then, let's see if I get this out. Oh, I like the color. <laughs> you do, huh? Yes. And let's see here. There's so many parts and so many things in climbing. I don't do red, but I like the other colors. <laughs> Oh, Jim, Jim, look. Oh, look at that teeny cool little lizard. He wants to join you. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, and that's the more ropes. We can worry about that later. But I thought when we were on horseback, I was thinking about some of this, like I said, at the truck. And it just seemed like there's so many similarities in life about rock climbing and preparation and the equipment and everything else. Well, I wanted to read to you something in my Bible. It's Matthew 24, uh, Matthew 7, 24 to 27. It says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. So God's looking for an active situation in the Christian life. I mean, we can talk about the things we talked about on horseback. And, you know, as you know, we can talk about foundations and everything else. But this is where the rubber meets the road when you're really climbing life. You know, when you're really in there in the trenches, how do you do this? You know, you, you, I have no idea. But you've made a lot of experience in life, you know, and you can translate those into. Well, that's why I was talking to you about uh, our lives are like a building and you need to know what your foundation is. And I have chosen one that doesn't move because if I built my life on me as a foundation, I, it'd be all over the place. Yeah. So I've made a conscious decision. Christ is my foundation. That book is my foundation. And if I find myself deviating, it hasn't moved. I'm the one who's moved. And that's what you have to judge your whole life by. Have I moved off the foundation? Because the foundation, if it's Christ, it's staying put. I really like that point you made because all of a sudden I flashed on, there are guidebooks to take you in certain routes. It shows you how long the route is, where to set protection a lot of times. And so, guidebooks to climbing? Guidebooks to climbing. So I've been climbing in some monstrous climbs and you can kind of read the guidebook to find the roots and everything and where to set things to keep you safe. And I thought, well, here's, here's the eternal guidebook. <laughs> you know, it shows the whole route, shows you exactly what to follow, how to follow it. And people that don't have the guidebook get lost get lo and could die. And bottom line, you do. I, I, I missed following a route one time and I was going up the rock and going up the rock. And this is called protection. This stuff is called protection. There was no place to set it. And I was going up 20, 30, 40, 50 feet, 60 feet. That's getting really dangerous. And I'm getting really nervous without without setting anything. It's just, if I fall, I go to the bottom. And, oh, I mean, it gets very scary. And My adrenaline just went up just having yeah. you talk about it. But this is the guidebook. And so let me share more about the, in the guidebook. You know, when Jesus is saying, uh, build your house on the rock. And the rain came and the floods came, the wind blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on a rock. And that rock, of course, we know is who? Of Jesus. I was just amazed. I kept waiting for you to break into song. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my kids' favorite songs. They loved singing that because it had hand motions. You know, the wise man built his house upon a rock, and then they talked about the rain came down and the floods came up, but the house stood firm. Okay, see, I wasn't, but it was actually the second verse. I wasn't was raised a Christian, so I didn't favorite. get to go to all those little, oh, little classes. Oh, it's great. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And they're going like this. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rains came tumbling down. Oh, I can see the kids doing yeah. that for sure. Right, but his house stands firm because it's stands built firm. on the rock. Yep. 
But the second verse was the one that was their favorite. We, we don't have time for second verse today. But, <laughs> and everyone who hears these sayings of mine, the sayings of Jesus, and does not do them, shall be compared to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain came down, the floods came, and the wind blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was the fall. That's the part they liked, because when we got to that, and the, and the house on the sand went splat, and they all got to clap and go splat. You look at these mighty cliffs, and you think about throughout the Bible, Jesus is compared to the rock, the rock of my salvation. Um, in Jewish, literature and Jewish history when they were building Solomon's temple, there's the story that they, they didn't do anything at the building site. In other words, no, no implements were used. You heard no sound of chiseling. You heard no sound of hammering or anything. So they did it far away at the quarry. But some of these, these rocks were so massive, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 tons, maybe more. They'd bring them in and they fit exactly in the place. They showed up with this run, one rock and there was no place for it, and they couldn't figure it out. Why did they send this rock? Couldn't figure out where it fit? Didn't fit. Didn't fit anywhere. So the, the builders set it over there basically at the rubbish pile, you know. They go on for years, and they're getting toward the end, and they need the chief cornerstone, the stone that virtually holds up everything. And they're looking, and they're looking. Well, they don't have anything that's strong enough. The quarry said, we don't have any rock that's, that's strong enough. And as they're wandering around, they look, and there's that stone they'd put out there years ago. It's in full sun, it's in full shade, it's in winter, it's in summer, spring and fall. There's not a crack, there's not a blemish on it. They say, well, let's just see. They bring it over and it fit perfectly. Jesus Christ is that chief cornerstone. And that's what he wants to be in our lives, the chief cornerstone. That can take anything and support us. That's right, that's right. I mean, and I hope somehow you know, today, Janice, we can convey to people that the Christian walk is a journey. You know, it, it, it isn't just a one-off. You know, I, I'm sure in your journey, yours hasn't been a just one-time thing and, you know. Oh, I wish I could say it's been a steady upward. But no, every now and then I fall off the path uh, and have to. But what happens? I turn back to God and ask for help getting back up on the path. Get back on the path and keep climbing, right? Because our journey is keep going up and up and up. God's calling us to the heavenly kingdom, right? Um, what John says, uh, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Phenomenal promise. And God just doesn't throw us out on our own and say, okay, now get there, does he? Uh, no, because we'd all be doomed. Yeah. yeah. I never could have made it. I can barely get on a road trip by myself <laughs> without a good map or a navigator. But here's the map, right? Yeah. Here's the map. Matter of fact, the first two chapters of Genesis tell us where we were and how we lost our estate, how we sold out to the devil. The last two chapters tell us where we're going to go, that glorious heavenly home, and Jesus comes to take us with him. And everything in between is the guidebook. It's, it's the climbing route, you know, to get to where he wants us to be. Good point. It, it's so exciting. I, I continually, as I, I look at all this rock and I keep thinking about, as Jesus led the children of Israel in, in the wilderness, 
At one point they got to their spot and the Lord, there's no water. We need water. The Lord tells Moses, go to this particular place and speak to the rock. A couple million people may have took him to that rock. He spoke to that rock and all of a sudden water gushes out of that rock. What kind of water was that really? It's just such a wonderful metaphor. I mean, I'm sure they were amazed when it happened, but you read that in the Bible and it's like, when I need something, when I'm in trouble and I'm not sure how to, who to turn to, where to go now, I can speak to God and everything I need just flows from Him. He's just happy to give it to us. Years and years and years later, Jesus stood on the temple steps. He said, if you're thirsty, come to me. I'll give you living water. Oh, man, what a promise, you know, living water. Water to fill us, to change us, to invigorate us, to, to just give us so much more than we have now. I can remember years ago, we won't say how many, backpacking with Steve, because his family was big into backpacking. And if I wanted to be with Steve, I was gonna go backpacking. So I can remember though, we'd be on a hot trail. You know, you can hardly wait to get to the end or to come to a river or a stream. And water has never tasted so good as when you've been on a trail all day. Oh yeah. And all of a sudden you feel like, oh, I, I can live now. I've got energy now. It's like I had been trudging along, barely speaking, and now all of a sudden I'm back to being myself. And I think of the woman at the well when he gave her living water. She wasn't the same anymore. No, never and was. And the people in her town could tell, which is why they listened to her and came to see where that water came from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jesus is the living water. No. It's amazing. I think about one more story and then I want to show you some of this and apply it. But uh, Moses went up the mountain to meet with God. God had called him up there to meet with him in person. And as they're talking, Moses said, please God, show me your face. Moses, I can't show you my face because it's just so brilliant, it's it so perfect. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll just fry you because you still have sin in there in your life and, and my glory and your sin can't combine. But tell you what, I'll put you in this cleft of the mighty rock. As I walk by, I'll cover you with my hand. And as I pass by, I'll pull my hand away and you can see my backside. And I think about that and God places us in the rock, the rock, Jesus Christ. Because that was safe. <laughs> that was safe. It is safe today. You know, why would anybody choose all the other stuff when, when God has the perfect place for us to hide us in Him? Reminds me, completely different metaphor, but when Christ was looking over Jerusalem and he said, if you would, he would just protect us. Yep. And there's no reason not to be there. Yeah, exactly. But maybe I've got a pile of stuff. Actually, I'd like to kind of carry it over there a little bit, get to the rock and, and kind of show you some of this and give you an idea of what it's like and how the metaphors really apply to that Christian journey and climbing. Give me an idea of what crazy people do in their spare time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing Talking Donkey International. God once used a donkey to spread his word, but he'd rather use all of us. It's time to prepare quality programming created to attract and reach viewers of the world, not just those of our denomination. Together, we can carry the final Advent message to the individuals of planet Earth and hasten the return of our Lord. 
please pray for and support the successful mission of Talking Donkey International. Hey, one of the biggest things I want to tell you is about the rope. I really like it. Rope is the prayer line to God. Rope is the safety line. I mean, you've got to have that prayer, that everything hooked up to God or you don't have a shot at it. This is called a, a rack. Rack holds all your protection. All the different pieces that you can lock into the rock. All the promises of God. The more promises you store in your heart and carry with you, there's more places you can set protection. Except I couldn't climb anything yeah. carrying something <laughs> like that. But I mean, we don't have a lot of time here. So I just want to kind of show you how it works a All little right. bit and then keep me in your prayers. <laughs> <laughs> Climbing. Okay. Janice, here's a good place to set a little protection. Oh, good, because you were already scaring me. Right there. Now at this point, Janice, if I fall, I'll fall down to that point. But by God's grace, I won't hit the bottom all the way. And that's kind of the way it is with a Christian life. If you fall, I'm the one who's going to have to go to the hospital because I'll have a heart attack. Now this, somebody else previously, one of the good Christian brothers, you know, bolted that in, so I got a little extra protection. Bottom line you can't in life you can't get on this journey totally on your own you need friends and Christian mates and So Janice, I wish I had more time to uh, kind of really share all the different things about rock climbing and about the Lord here. All you can do. Oh, thanks for bringing my Bible too. Because I really, I wanted to read a, uh, another text here. It's found in Psalms 18, verse 31. For who is God beside Jehovah? Or who is a rock except our God? Jesus is our rock. Absolutely. And we need to dig deep into him so that we've got that solid foundation. He's our anchor, he's our protection, just like you had up on there. Yeah, you know, just like earlier today, when we're riding the horses, two different routes. There's only two in this world. We have to choose one and we both say, choose Jesus Christ. 
Hey, thanks for joining us for Country Wisdom. See you next time.